Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy, and welcome to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes, and we're pleased to have along with us today as we stop in Stillwater, Matt Waits. Matt is the president of the Ag Solutions Division of ProAgrica. ProAgrica acquired SST software a couple of years back from the Waits family. David Waits, Matt's dad, was the founder of SST back in the 1990s. David Waits, one of the pioneers in precision agriculture anywhere in the world, and he established his company, SST Software, in Stillwater, close to Oklahoma State University. As I mentioned, Matt Waits joining us today. He was around SST uh, during most of its years of existence, and in fact, was the CEO when it was acquired by ProAgrica. Our conversation today with Matt Waits is powered by Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma and you. We're back with Matt as we explore his journey to help farmers around the world become more efficient and more sustainable. We begin going down the road to rural prosperity with Matt Waits in just a few moments. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. PSO provides electricity service to more than half a million customers across Oklahoma. Increasing reliance on natural gas and renewable energy is our future. Cleaner, more affordable energy to power our lives. A strong Oklahoma economy boosted by new jobs, increased revenues for rural communities and schools. Together, our energy is boundless. Howdy neighbors, Ron Hayes with you today here. We are on the road to rural prosperity. We find ourselves in Stillwater, Oklahoma today. And joining us today, Matt Waits. Matt, let, let, let's talk a little bit about your journey, your, your, your road along the world of uh, agricultural high technology, precision agriculture, I guess is what we call it today. But when you kind of started, when you were a teenager, it, it wasn't quite there yet, was it? Yeah, so today I'm the president of our Ag Solutions division at ProAgrica, which is a global technology provider. I got my start with uh, SST Software. That was a company founded in 1994 uh, when I was a teenager, founded by my father. SST was one of the early entrants into the space. Mm-hmm. It was a, a company that started, you know, had the understanding that we need to start managing farm data geospatially, but um, we were in the game very early. I mean, before uh, the GPS constellation was, was fully enabled, you know, before um, Windows 95 was released. So, I mean, it was, it was early days. Uh, you know, t- take me back to those early days. What, what, you know, as you, you know, obviously you have worked with your dad a lot, a lot of the years that uh, he was putting this company together and, and growing it. Why, why the interest? What, what was his interest in, in trying to make this thing work? Well, he was a farmer up in southwest Kansas, 
in the 70s and early 80s and and then and he was also in the oil and gas business and you know in the early 80s kind of both of those industries Mm -hmm. uh, were struggling mightily and my parents um, had both previously dropped out of osu and and then in 84 they decided to pack us up and, and come back to stillwater and get their degrees and so while they were here my dad got exposure to geographic information systems and decided to to do a master's degree uh, in geography here and and started recognizing the application of geospatial technologies to agriculture and you know it just clicked with him since he had been farming for you know 10 12 years that it was like wow this is you know this is how we can start managing the variability on farms and his interest really started around uh, using satellite imagery mm-hmm. to do that and when you say geospatial tell tell us what that means you know and i guess the, the simplest form would be you know mapping it's it's using software tools to create maps of mm-hmm. the farm so starting with just drawing out fields and pastures and saying, okay, you know, now I know exactly where this is on the earth's surface, how many acres it is precisely. And then we have tools to go out and collect data within the field. So we can give you satellite imagery over the the fields. You can walk out there with a a phone and, you know, your phone's got GPS built into it today. So it's getting so much easier now. Um, Go out and inspect the field, collect scouting activities or record applications that are occurring and then we interact with the machinery that's on farm two, which is also, uh, you know, it's GPS enabled. So we're pulling data off of yield monitors and helping people understand the impact of, you know, various actions uh, in terms of yield um, and creating variable rate fertilizer prescriptions and seeding prescriptions that we can push back out to the equipment. Now, you know, the, the those early days, the, the computer equipment, you know, you talked about Windows 95 and whatnot. We're, we're talking about computers that uh, don't hardly hold a candle to uh, the iPhone we have in our pocket today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, our first version of software uh, was a Windows desktop app that came out in 1996. And, um, you know, it was a pretty powerful application and you know, running it on a, a computer in 1996 was a <laughs> slow process. You push a button and you know, walk away for a while, go get lunch, come back, and hope something was done. Um, so yeah, we've made some big advancements. What what were the what was the early in other words those early pieces of software? What what were you trying to do and help, to help help farmers, uh, agricultural producers, uh, uh, providers uh, providers of uh, of uh, inputs that maybe they work with and, and this type of thing. I'd say in the in the very earliest time frame, I don't know that um, there was a set goal as much as it was, you know, just the intuitive understanding that fields have a lot of variability to them and we can't mm-hmm. treat them as as one unit. So to deal with that, we've got to start collecting all of the data and learn from it and, and make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened uh, with us and in kind of the industry at large is that variable rate fertilizer application, you know, mostly dry fertilizer for um, phosphorus and potassium and then lime going down to manage pH, those became kind of the drivers of the industry that, you know, a a process was worked out around going out and and 
taking grid soil samples, so soil sampling every two and a half acres usually across the field, um, and then using those results to create fertilizer prescriptions that we could send out to GPS-enabled trucks. And so that was, you know, a, a ton of the activity. I mean, it's still a huge part of our business, but, um, you know, that that was really the driver of growth for us was that whole variable rate fertility mm-hmm. part of the business. And really across uh, Illinois and Iowa, kind of that those corn, soybean, Midwestern states. And somewhere along the way, we started getting uh, where we could utilize GPS data that uh, I'm sure that changed a lot, lot of things, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's become so, you know, pedestrian now that it's in, we've all got a GPS in our, in our, in our pockets at all mm-hmm. times. But, um, yeah, in the beginning, you know, the government used to scramble the signal uh, as the Department of Defense so that it uh, couldn't be too precise and, and exploited by bad actors or whatever. So you had to buy correction services or use Coast Guard correction signals to, to fix the GPS. <laughs> and, um, you had to carry around a huge, you know, kind of like backpack with a pole coming out of it with a GPS antenna on top of it. I mean, it was a, it was quite the process. I mean, you'd spend two or $3,000 just on the GPS unit itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so as things have uh, scaled and the GPS chipsets have become small and integrated everything yeah it's made made this technology so much more accessible what you know uh as as sst got got on its feet started offering some products how did the company grow i know that uh you know you've you've started right here in stillwater right right yep starting stillwater at the time my my dad was a professor in the geography department mm-hmm. teaching GIS, uh, geographic information systems, and remote sensing. So using like satellite uh, imagery. To, he was teaching these classes and and started the company kind of on the side and did both for a number of years. The you know how did the company uh, grow? Well, it was really around um, figuring out that that the best path to market was through the farmer's trusted agronomic advisor. Okay. That selling directly to farmers was a challenge there's a lot of them and it's hard to support for a small company Mm -hmm. but most of them didn't have the inclination to want to get that deep into the technology and so they would prefer to pay you know the local co-op or a crop consulting firm uh, to do it for them and so you know we figured that out that hey we're we're best off if we support that agronomic service provider and let them be the heroes there and then, as I said, the soil fertility component is what really took off. And we worked very hard at being able to scale that, that whole process. So it went from each user had to have their own piece of software and be highly trained and do it kind of all themselves. Uh, and, you know, we recognize that, well, that's, that's not going to scale across a, a big company. Um, mm-hmm. We need some specialization where we can get some economies of scale inside these companies. So... We kind of evolved it to where data would go to a central hub within a company. Um, and you, you take somebody that's kind of in this market, like a, a CropQuest, a uh, big crop consulting firm out of Dodge City is a, a good example. Um, instead of every one of their employees having to run our applications, we centralized a lot of the, the higher-end processing work so they could be more efficient. And then we kind of took it on beyond that eventually to where – the data processing side of things was done centrally by SST for all of our customers. So we could deploy lighter, cheaper software out to the field. 
we, we worked on standardizing the way they collect data so everybody was collecting the same data structures and then automating a lot of the um, execution of fertilizer recommendations and yeah. analytical products and that kind of thing. So, you know, this was basically precision agriculture starting to really get on the stage and and start taking on a, a more and more of a, a vital role for a farmer that wants to maximize his inputs, uh, have a chance to succeed and, and prosper, I would think. That's right. It, it started uh, really took hold in in the Midwestern states. You know, kind of central Illinois was really where the variable rate fertilizer uh, markets got got a strong foothold back into the '90s, and then mm-hmm. it spread across the Midwest over the you know next uh, you know five ten years. Um, it's been slower to reach these markets down here in in uh, dry land wheat country, for example. Right. And, you know. That kind of thing, but um, GPS guided equipment has been a huge component of getting technology on the farm. You know, now because you have that to, to steer, well, now there's tools to collect data, right? So we're able to start um, getting a larger, broader market to adopt the technology. Right. So, you know, as as SST grew, you got uh, obviously into the uh, into the business uh, as a part of the management team. Uh, were there several, you know, ser- several companies like SST running around at that point? Yeah, there were. There was probably 15 or so that we were really competing with there in the, the very beginning, but it mm-hmm. whittled down to, you know, four or five uh, pretty quickly by yeah. around 2000. Um and for what we did for a number of years, we didn't have a whole lot of head-to-head competition. Um, I mean, sure, there was always some competition, but the biggest factor was just inaction in the market, right? It, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's uh, a lot more people not doing this than, than are. Um, and, but in recent years, it, the field's exploded to where there's – Oh God! There's, there's hundreds of companies now participating in the kind of broader ag tech space, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of leveraging you know smartphones and and drones and things that have become more accessible and venture capital and you know private equity have uh, decided that ag tech's uh, a hot place to be, and so there's been a lot of capital poured mm-hmm. in and a lot of new entrants, right? And I guess what that uh, maybe brings me to that point of uh, what a a couple of years ago, yeah. right around numbers, 2018, mm-hmm. uh, there was an opportunity. SST was uh, was uh, acquired. Tell, tell me right. about that uh, that decision to go ahead and, and allow this uh, this corporation to to buy uh, this relatively small company here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Two years ago, uh, in, in this coming February, we'll. We will be the. Uh, it'll be, I guess in February will be the uh, two-year anniversary of us selling to um, Proagrica. Proagrica is a division of Relics Group, which is a publicly traded company out of London, and they're a, a data and analytics company that's in a lot of markets. So they've got a division for aviation and one for banking and legal and all kinds of things, um, and they've started making a play in ag and. The reason that you know we decided to to partner with those guys is that we you know the ag economy has been tough for a number of years, mm-hmm. and so that was hurting our growth. 
And at the same time, there was a lot of investment coming into space. Uh, so we had a lot of new competition that was very well funded, and and their funding is disconnected from you know the economics of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, Monsanto, who's who's a good customer and partner of ours, um, you know they made a huge acquisition in buying a company called Climate Corp. Right, and they and others started really putting a lot of, of capital into this space too, um, and it just became clear that if we we're going to thrive, we're going to have to get some some serious capital behind this business. And my my dad had uh, already retired and wasn't part of the management team. He wasn't interested in bringing in some like private equity or venture capital firm. Uh, and it just made most sense in the end for us to sell the business. But we wanted to sell it to a company that was independent of the supply chain, that uh, had a strong balance sheet, that wanted to uh, win in this market globally. And so we found that with, with Relics and their pro aggregate division. Okay. We're talking with, uh, with Matt Waits, who's the uh, president of the Ag Solutions Division, uh, pro aggrica And, and te- you know, let's talk a little bit more about who pro you know, Proagrica is. Yep. Let's talk about that. And let's also talk a little bit about uh, today's, today's customer and how, how you're trying to serve them. We'll do that here in just a moment. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma. And their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. Here on the road to rural prosperity, I'm Ron Hayes. We've got uh, Matt Waits with us today here in Stillwater, uh, a graduate of Oklahoma State University with Ag Econ, right? Yep, Ag Econ, 1999. All So since that time, he's uh, been a, a part of SST Software for a bunch of years. They recently sold a couple of years ago now to ProAgrica, a company, a mother, mother company is uh, based out of the London area, uh, just north of London, I understand. ProAgrica, what uh, is the, I make kind of the mission as far as what you're trying to do with farmers and ranchers, uh, whether right here or in Brazil or wherever they may be? Yeah, it, yeah ProAgrica has got uh, a wide portfolio of products, which is one reason we found them to be attractive was we've been focused on the precision agronomy business, really working with the agronomic channel, as I said. Uh, but ProAgrica had made some other acquisitions that were very interesting to us. One was they bought a, a farmer-directed um, company in the U.K. that really focused on uh, farmer accounting solutions and, and then also um, you know, general farm management tools and, and thought, okay, look, the combination of that with what we're doing for agronomists is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even more exciting is that they had acquired a company 
that does B2B integration in the ag space. So helping the Bayers and BASFs and Syngenas of the world uh, communicate with um, their distribution channel like Helena and Gromark and MFA, these kinds of companies, with their business systems. So, you know, making financial track transactions happen between the back-end systems. What's exciting about that is it gives us the ability to start taking what we're doing with the agronomist and linking that into their business system so that when they're on farm making recommendations, if I'm going to make this tank mix to spray this field, do I have this in inventory? And what's this farmer's price going to be? And as they're making this in-field geospatial recommendation, it could be delivered with the pricing to where then the farmer can have a piece of software and say, okay, this is what my agronomist recommends, and I can see my price, and I can see that they've got it, and they can deliver it tomorrow, or I can go pick it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And they'll look over at the weather, and the weather's going to be okay to do, get it on the field. Yeah, yeah. So wow. our ambitions is, is to start linking all of those things up so mm-hmm. that we can really fully digitize the supply chain and, and be able to be able to move data between growers that are agronomists and, and up through the manufacturers. So Matt, let, let, let's talk about you know in, in, from your you know, from your role here, uh, working with farmers on, at this at this part of that overall chain of information. What does precision agriculture you think mean to that farmer and rancher today, and maybe you know looking out a little bit as well as you know, next five years? Today, what it, it represents, I mean, from a I guess a a bigger perspective, not just talking about our company is. You know, it helps farmers be more efficient and more profitable, better use of uh, making better use of their resources mm-hmm. and be more environmentally conscious as well. And, you know, there's a lot of different components that make that happen from um, precision planting and spraying equipment to, um, you know, monitoring um, irrigation more closely, using mm-hmm. infield sensors to understand. Uh, when they really need to be running their sprinklers and when they don't and and that kind of thing. Uh, From our perspective, you know, as I've said, we've mostly engaged with the the agronomy community. So we're trying to provide tools to that trusted advisor that helps them help the farmer, that helps them get data collected on field and gives them information they need to make the best advice down to the grower. From those early days of mapping a field with your early software to today – the uh, the information you're able to gather what what's what's the difference how, how sophisticated has it gotten it's it, it's in some ways surprising that how um, similar it is probably what is been the the biggest differences in the in, in the kind of access to the technology mm-hmm. and the ease of use and that kind of thing you know in so much as we were uh, we were interacting with the machinery in the field for pulling data off of yield monitors and making variable rate prescriptions and so on. But it was a very manual process of using uh, PC cards and mm-hmm. things like that. And now we can connect to the John Deere Operations Center um, via the Internet and pull data. You know, the, the data is going from the machinery to the cloud and from John Deere servers to our servers and into our applications uh, so it's become more streamlined, and we've been able to move away from desktops and laptops to being able to collect and manage this data on iPhones and iPads. 
No, no, no. You've, you've heard the uh, conversation, I'm sure more than once, the uh, uh, conversation of who owns the data, yeah. who uh, uh, farmers that maybe are suspicious of people that are that are using their data. Yeah. It sounds to me like in this case, the farmer is able to, uh, to glean information that can make him money from, from the data that has, as you help it, you know, come yeah. through the system. You're kind of helping, helping facilitate that. Yeah, that's right. So as far as data ownership goes, our position on it is that the grower owns the data or the agronomist owns the data, depending on who's putting the data in. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to sell their data to anybody or give it to anybody they don't want to give it to. And and so our benefit, I mean, the the, the benefit to um, that we provide to somebody is, is all about using their data mm-hmm. um, and to help them learn from it now what we see in the future that needs to happen is through the anonymous use of data or you know growers need to get comfortable over time with the anonymous use of of larger scale data providing value to them right. you know, they can't possibly trial every new product out there all these growers are are out there doing various things uh, we can advance agriculture much faster if everybody is able to learn from each other's successes and mistakes. And of course, that that's one of the beauty when you start blending that that data, that information, that those those type of answers. A lot of times, will kind of float to the surface. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. So today, we offer some some tools in that arena, but you know, it's, it does take a while for people to get comfortable with it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something that our users have to opt into and to and, and want to participate in. You know, we're never going to create these kind of products without somebody being aware that they're participating in that. But, you know, the benefit is if you if you opt in with your data, then you're going to get value back from it. You know, we're uh, we, we, we created this podcast series uh, back in middle part of, of, of last year, uh, kind of playing off of the uh, the uh, the top 10 concept of the verbiage that uh, Governor Kevin said throughout during his campaign of you know trying to make Oklahoma a better place, trying to be a place of excellence, a, a company like yours. Yep. Uh, that 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 uh, you, your your dad started. You've uh, you're now part of a bigger bigger corporation, but yet it's right here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Good paying jobs, I'm sure, for the folks that that are a part of, the, of your your team, and then they can live in a community like like Stillwater. In other words, they, they don't have to go to the East Coast or West Coast to just you know really thrive. Yeah. So, no, that's that's right. And you know, I think that is something that's being recognized more on the national scene is that you don't have to be in San Francisco mm-hmm. to have a, a strong technology company. And you know, we've got some great examples in Oklahoma. I mean, Paycom is an amazing example in, mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City that's done very big things. And and so, yeah, it's. I mean, we're very proud to be in in Stillwater um, and and in Oklahoma. We've got offices in Oklahoma City and Tulsa as well, and then kind of scattered around. Uh, the u.s but mm-hmm. yeah there's there's plenty of talent here and we're proud to be here so end of the day you know when mm-hmm. when you look at this company look at that, that what you've been able to do to this point what's what's the future like you know hold for your company specifically and maybe this space uh, yeah. when it comes to your, your part of precision ag yeah what we are um focused on today is kind of the linkage of the supply chain from a digital perspective. Uh, today, it there's so much friction 
in the technology world because of incompatibility between systems and kind of just fundamental disconnects in, mm-hmm. in the component parts of the of the market. And so, you know, we're focused on bringing those things together. And one of the things that I'm charged with is building out a set of farmer-facing tools that communicate seamlessly to their, their agronomic advisors and and then linking that distribution channel agronomist up to the manufacturer mm-hmm. and doing that on a global basis. I've got responsibility now for that that uh, business unit in the UK that's building farmer-facing tools, and we're working together to bring a lot of that capability here and then regionalize it not only for the U.S., but then regionalize it for our Brazilian market, South Africa, Australia, and, and elsewhere. You've got a few things to uh, to keep you busy, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Matt, I do appreciate your time today. Yeah. Matt Waits joins us today from, uh, from ProAgrica uh, right here in Stillwater, Oklahoma, on the road to rural prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and oklahomafarmreport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.